0: Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria.
1: Every farmer wants to improve the productivity and sustainability of their property. The issues are usually time and also where to start. G'day, I'm Drew Radford and there is a solution. It's a course called Whole Farm Planning. As part of AgVic Talks Virtual Climate Bus Tour, we're going to find out how this course is helping farmers prepare their operations to deal with an increasingly variable climate. Today we're heading to Near Lansfield in north central Victoria, stopping at Zigzag Grazing, which was recently taken over by newly minted farmers Malcolm and Delia Keeg. For Malcolm, Life before farming involved working as a chemical engineer and then as a marine biologist. So I was keen to understand how a person with such a varied background ends up on a farm and then how they go about preparing it for the future.
2: Well, you know, it was through uh, a previous work connection a long-term friend who uh, we used to look after the farm for and we were sort of looking at doing something very similar and um, Peter, the previous owner, uh, came up with a succession plan of sorts and uh, that was mutually beneficial for them and for us. So that's how we sort of ended up where we are. It's quite a career change
1: but I understand you, your association with Peter, you, you got familiar with the farm over a
2: number of years. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right and it is quite a change, but in some ways it's, it's no different to um, anything else that you do in the world, which is all around people and process and planning. So, you know, it's different, but it's, it's the same in a way as well.
1: Well, we want to drill down into that process side of it in particular, but what are you running on the property at the moment?
2: At the moment, we've got uh, a 1,000 ewes. We're sort of in the transition between running first cross ewes for uh, production of lambs and also for wool, Um, but we're moving across to 100% self-replacing shedding flock as as part of where we want to go in the future. At the very moment we've, we're about 50-50 uh, wool sheep and shedding sheep but eventually we'll get to 100% shedding sheep.
1: Most people when they
2: take over a property
1: they want to make changes but I get the impression that you started to look at climate as part of your planning process to make those changes.
2: So when we moved onto the farm we were coming to the end of a very dry spell and uh, the paddocks were bare and you know we're doing a lot of supplementary feeding and. So we had to kind of manage that issue, but then all of a sudden it heavens opened and it started to to rain a lot. So we've ended up coming out of a dry spell into two very sort of wet years. And this year is looking okay, although uh, touch wood, we're waiting for some follow-up rain at the moment. So yeah, climate variability is presented itself as a big factor right up front.
1: So you'd gone from extreme dry to very, very wet. So what were you thinking you needed to do
2: to deal with those great variations? So, I mean, each of them throws up challenges and dry spells, and it's very obvious what issues faced when it's very dry but wet spells are also uh, challenging from a sheep production perspective you know from foot issues or parasite issues or fly strike issues so you've got to be able to manage both and you don't want to get yourself caught in a cycle where you're trying to buy sheep when prices are high and everyone else is chasing them you also don't want to be caught in a cycle where you're trying to sell sheep when prices are low and everyone else is trying to sell them so where we're trying to move to is a self-replacing flock but we need sort of circuit breakers so that we can run the farm irrespective of whether it's you know wet or dry so and that's really around planning so that's kind of the basis of what we're trying to do you
1: mentioned that word planning, and this is what we're focusing on in this episode, farm planning. So what did you find to actually help you with that particular process?
2: We were sort of starting our own sort of planning processes, and we came across the uh, Ag, Vic, uh whole of farm planning course a bit accidentally, because we sort of got invited to one of the sessions, which was around uh, soil health, but then it immediately became obvious that that was their whole of farm planning course, and, and what we were trying to achieve really dovetailed nicely. So, you know, we, we sort of asked, maybe begged to be uh, allowed on at late notice. And so then we found ourselves on the whole of farm planning course. And it's a fantastic framework because it's very holistic. So we really enjoyed that process.
1: So what are some of the key things that you took away from that process?
2: I guess you look at it at two levels. I mean, there was a fair bit of technical stuff, which is great, you know, managing through drought, how to set up your farm in terms of fencing and pastures and all that sort of stuff. But the other thing that was really good about the course was the mixture of people on the course. There so it was right from sixth generation farmers right through to people like ourselves who are relatively new in the industry. And it's amazing how much you can learn from the people as well as the presenters.
1: So structurally, what did you take away and start making changes around the property from the farm planning system?
2: The first thing probably for us was about improving our laneways so that we could better move stock from paddock to paddock and and particularly if you're in a lamb business, lambs can be challenging to muster, so having laneways really helps. We sort of um, implemented things like whenever possible we run a really big mob of sheep rather than a whole heap of small mobs. So that helps from a grazing perspective. So we'd, we'd have a big mob of sheep which we'd move you know, once a week instead of having smaller mobs that we might move three, four weekly. So that helps from a pasture perspective and a worm control perspective. That was the first thing. But then stock containment really appealed to us because it was that sort of circuit breaker for climate variability. So if you had a very dry year or a failed autumn break, instead of having to sell off sheep or denude your property, you could actually do something about it. You could actually take your... your um sheep off and feed them care for them properly and still maintain the integrity of the pasture waiting for the for the climate to change back again
1: I understand you're very focused on the care of the pasture and obviously what's beneath that and that's the soil and trying to maintain the health of that as well as possible down to the point that you try and minimize vehicle, movements across your pastures?
2: Yeah we we try to I mean uh, we use a side-by-side ATV as much as we can instead of driving a ute uh, across the paddocks because it, it's so much lower from a footprint perspective but even things like we muster on foot that works well you know with less compaction but also it's a calmer way to move stock keeps the stock calmer keeps the dogs calmer and you know we utilize our laneways, So, you know, usually all we've got to do is get our sheep out of a relatively small 30, 40, 50 acre paddock into a laneway and then they can calmly walk to they, where they need to be. And our uh, ewes are pretty well trained. They actually usually know where they're going and, and they'll just sort of walk that way anyway.
1: Malcolm, how's whole farm planning helped set you up to deal with future climate variability?
2: It's given us a framework to analyse. And so, you know, we, we have... A plan and there's still a lot to do on that plan so things like you know stock containment areas we're looking very much at the water systems on the on the farms we want to have troughs so that you know we don't have paddocks where we run out of water we also keep sheep out of dams if possible that's good for them it's good for the dam but what it means is uh, as the plan evolves we're trying to keep a live document so as we come up with better ideas or we, we rethink something we, we actually change the plan But what we're trying to do is um, to have ideas that cohesively give us a better outcome. And by writing it down, by thinking about it, by testing it, I think you get a better outcome than just doing it ad hoc. That also goes back to your science background too, I'd imagine as well. It's not just a gut feel, I need the data to prove it. It does, having that background helps. But I, I think good planning helps everybody. Everyone's going to do it differently because everyone's got a different background, whether you're a sixth generation farmer or you're someone new to the industry with different background. But having a plan and doing it your way and having something like the whole of farm planning course, which can um, sort of give you a bit of a framework, and gives you people to sort of bounce ideas off. is a fantastic way to kind of come up with a plan which you can work on year after year. Remembering that the plan, we'll probably have a plan between now and the time that we're too old to farm because uh, you're never done with these things. But having that rigour, we found very helpful for us. But I think most people would find it helpful.
1: Malcolm Keeg is now on the path preparing his property to deal with an increasingly variable climate. One of the people who's helped him get there is Agriculture Victoria's land management extension officer Clem Sturmfels. In recent times Clem's been delivering
0: the whole farm planning courses. Look a whole farm planning is just the process of taking time out of, away from the farm meeting with other farmers, either online or face to face, over maybe six to eight weeks, a day a week, taking time out of the, away from the farm just to really think about the farming future, where you want your farm to be, where your family want the farm to be, think about succession planning. But most importantly, Try and improve production and improve the resilience of your farm or sustainability by looking at refencing and managing your farm according to its capability. And I guess that's really the core, as far as I'm concerned. It's about protecting the natural assets of the farm, whether that's your water quality, whether it's the sustainability of your soil. We're losing soil pretty constantly with water and wind erosion across Victoria. So it's all about sustainability, looking after your assets, but also hopefully improving production on the better parts of your farm. So pushing some parts of your farm harder, other parts of your farm backing off a bit, and by fencing and managing according to your soil types, your slopes, your drainage, allows you to do that pretty effectively. So really it involves a bit of writing and a bit of planning and a bit of thinking, setting a vision for the farm, setting some goals, thinking about your lifestyle, all those things that you never really stop and think about. And I'm not very good at planning myself. But for a farming business, it's really critical, particularly with climate change happening and affecting our businesses all the time.
1: Clem, you mentioned sustainability in there and you wrapped up with that key phrase there, climate variability upon us. So I imagine this is a particularly important process in terms
0: of dealing with that. Look, it is. Things like wind erosion, we've done a pretty good job in cropping areas, say in the west of the state, in dramatically reducing the extent of wind erosion and how often it happens. As our climate changes slowly we're seeing some of those sorts of events occur more regularly and are more difficult to control and of course we're also seeing more natural disasters which if you like are overriding some of the protection mechanisms we might have had whether that's the amount of stubble we leave on the ground or the amount of pasture uh, ground cover When we get these very intense or more intense than we've had before thunderstorm events, you really need to think about adapting your management to protect yourself against that sort of thing. Clem, you made
1: the point earlier on about it's sometimes difficult for us to take time and and stop and take that bigger picture. Look, are there other triggers that you see that get people engaged with this
0: process? There certainly are, and I can just reflect on the last few courses we've run over the last two years, where we had f- quite a lot of farmers from the Western District and then more recently from Gippsland. And when I think through some of those people, they varied from some very large holdings where the farms had changed over to a younger generation, children had come back, many of them with outside education or an apprenticeship, had come back to the farm and really wanted to take a fresh approach to managing some of these very large properties or smaller properties, and wanted to sort of think outside the box. So, you know, they came along commonly when people are first entering farming. We certainly probably had uh, 5% of our attendees at recent courses had never farmed before. So were very new and very open to ideas. Other people who'd bought more land is quite a common picture we see when people expand their business. But then there's certainly other people who we've had come back two or three times just to refresh their ideas, their thoughts, their management strategies, and again, take time out to think about things as their family gets older, um, all that sort of stuff. Clem, after people have done the whole farm
1: planning course, what sort of work do you see undertaken by farmers?
0: Drew, I think it's important to understand that whole farm planning isn't something you do overnight. And a lot of the changes can be implemented over many, many years. And in fact, you know, refencing the whole farm. To land classes may take a whole generation, so I think it's important to understand that. But some of the more short-term things that um, we do see is people maybe refencing a small area of their farm. I mean, clearly, if they've experienced a natural disaster such as a bushfire and lost a significant part of their farm, it might be quite dramatic. The outcome they certainly do look at where their new fences go, and something people don't think about where their gates might go in the future. So even simple things like that can really change how effective and how efficient it is to run the farm. Certainly putting in laneways. Laneways really can improve productivity simply by the efficiency of moving stock around the farm. And I think that's probably one of the most common features we see pretty soon after farmers attending whole farm planning courses is getting those laneways in just to make things a lot easier and quicker. Certainly things like setting up stock containment areas. And when we're thinking about climate, stock containment areas are really, at the end of the day, if you're trying to protect and retain breeding stock in a two or three year drought, you really haven't got a choice. Once your ground cover gets low, you need to protect your pastures, you need to protect your soil, you need to protect your water. And stock containment areas are sort of a key to doing that. Other things, things like wildlife corridors, farm forestry, and certainly uh, reticulated water supplies. We're seeing a lot of pipelines being put in around farms, troughs and pipelines, just to make the use of water during dry seasons or droughts more effective, more efficient. So they're the sorts of things that we commonly see um, pretty soon after a whole farm planning course. Clem, that's a lot of
1: great information about how to set up your property better. Does the course drill down
0: into dealing specifically with climate variability? Drew, it certainly does. And in fact, every subject we touch on during the course, whether it's uh, my session on farm water supply or other sessions on other topics, really do focus on climate change and its impacts. And then we have a specific session on climate change, usually run by a specialist called Graeme Anderson, who's based down at Geelong, who does a fantastic job in, in, in introducing us right from the start to climate change, weather patterns, monitoring your local climate, but most importantly, a whole range of tools that farmers can use to look ahead at the coming season and try and adapt their management to suit. And those sorts of tools are direct climate tools that are online. But one of the key ones that I use very regularly is the soil moisture monitoring bores that the departments put in and a number of land care groups that got involved around the state. And that means we can actually see what subsoils are doing. So even back in June, July, if subsoil moisture levels are well below normal, then regardless of how much spring rainfall we get, we can see it's unlikely we're going to get runoff and many dams are going to be dry. So that sort of stuff, I think, is becoming crucial for decisions by farmers, whether they're talking about sowing pastures or sowing crops or offloading some of their breeding stock early in the season to manage an upcoming season. Clem, what advice would you give to farm businesses thinking of developing a whole farm plan? Just go for it. I can't remember anyone saying negative things about whole farm planning courses sure we've had the odd people had to pull out for family reasons but the overwhelming feedback attending the courses is that it was in their words a fantastic use of their time great learning should have done the course years ago and that was a direct quote from somebody at the last course we ran and another quote from a recently completed course was initially thought it was a lengthy course but enjoyed it so much and learnt lots through. I prioritised the course and found time commitment okay, even with homeschooling. So I think all I can really say is um, make the time to get involved. You will learn as much from other farmers as you will from specialists in their own area. It's a great social opportunity, but it's also a really good learning opportunity. Lastly, Clem, how do farmers find out more about getting involved? Simply get in contact with your local Agriculture Victoria office, give them a call and just ask them to put their name on a waiting list would be the best way to go, Drew, I reckon.
1: Clem, sounds like a fantastic course to be involved with and farmers would learn a lot from it. Clem Sternfelds, Land Management Extension Officer with Agriculture Victoria. Thanks for taking the time and telling me all about this course for this AgVIC
0: Talk podcast. No, thank you very much, Drew. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to AgVIC Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts.